I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. It's time to ditch the tennis gear and golf clubs because pickleball is the new trendy game in town. Apparently, India's CEO and wealthy folks are abandoning the old school golf courses and putting their money into building pickleball arenas and courts right in their backyards. And no, we are not kidding. According to the Economic Times, the elite club goers have been crazy about this game lately. Among the fans are some big names like Harsha and Anand Goenka from RPG Group. Nitin Singh from Barclays and Amarjit Singh Batra from Spotify India. But before we jump into why pickleball is becoming the new craze in India, let me give you a quick scoop on the game. You can say pickleball is more like the love child of tennis, table tennis and badminton. Imagine a paddle that's a little bigger than your average ping pong racket teaming up with a plastic ball full of holes, aka the wiffle ball. The court's a bit like a tennis court but slightly smaller in size. You can play it in singles or doubles. But anyway, this game's origin story dates back to 1965 in the US, and it's a hit across the age spectrum, from the little kiddos to the seasoned pros. Today, around 84 countries are in on the action, with millions of players around the globe, and a huge chunk of them, 8.9 million to be exact, are right from the US. The International Federation of Pickleball is even pushing it to get it recognized as an Olympic sport. And here's the interesting part: India may have joined the party a little late, but we have had our very own All India Pickleball Association or AIPA since 2008. So why is pickleball becoming such a hit right now? The pandemic played a huge role in this. Pickleball became the top choice for enjoyable and non-contact recreational sport. Another reason that it's charmingly simple, unlike the technical demands of badminton, tennis, or table tennis, pickleball is a breeze to pick up. It's a chill game, doesn't require much running or agility because of the smaller court. Most fans describe it as a relaxed bonding experience with friends and family. Sure, some folks take it seriously, but for most, it's a laid-back, fun activity. As of recently, pickleball has secured a dedicated fan base in the country. who call themselves picklers sunil valavalkar who started the aipa estimates that there are around 7000 players in india and news from economic times says that the game is making waves in 17 indian states plus this month we've got aditya rohela and tejas mahajan two indian players representing the country at the english open in the uk to add to that the gujarat government has already built two courts by the sabarmati river Plus fancy clubs in South Mumbai and Pune including places like Willingdon and Solaris are planning to launch their own facilities by the end of the month. And you know what it's not just a game for the elite. In fact even you can set up a makeshift pickleball court anywhere. Just grab a paddle, a wiffle ball and you're ready to play. So when are you going to pickle it up? For the next few minutes you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday. from the world of technology business policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought hello i'm manaswini and this is the deep dive for 14th august 2023 
If you've ever researched anything online, you've likely crossed paths with the Internet Archive. This non-profit, which was founded in 1996 by librarian and engineer Brewster Kale, is somewhat of a digital library, or as the name suggests, a living archive of the ever-changing internet. An online repository of millions of free books, movies, softwares, music, and websites, the Internet Archive basically scans and stores pretty much everything you can find on the internet. So, for example, even if a digital publication decides to shut down its website, fear not. The Internet Archive will have a copy of all their published content, keeping it available for anyone to access. However, in the past decade, though, the Internet Archive's pursuit of scanning and archiving everything has invited many copyright lawsuits. This time around, our beloved digital library is being sued by music labels, according to Reuters, Universal Music Group, Sony Music Entertainment, and several other record labels have filed a copyright lawsuit against the Internet Archive. This lawsuit pertains to the digital library's streaming collection of digitized music sourced from vintage records or as they call it quote on quote grade 78 project according to the project's website the grade 78 project has over 4 lakh recordings of 78 rpm records which was the popular record format from the early 1900s until the 1950s the grade 78 project encourages music collectors to donate 78 rpm records for digitization and their mission is and i'm quoting them The digitization will make this less commonly available music accessible to researchers in a format where it can be manipulated and studied without harming the physical artifacts. End quote. But in the lawsuit, which was filed in a federal court in Manhattan, the Great Seventy Eight Project was described as "quote unquote" illegal record store for songs by musicians including Frank Sinatra, Miles Davis, and Billie Holiday. Reuters reported that the labels named 2,749 sound recording copyrights that the archive allegedly infringed, for which damages could be as high as 412 million dollars. This includes songs such as Bing Crosby's "White Christmas," Chuck Berry's "Roll Over Beethoven," and Duke Ellington's "It Don't Mean a Thing If It Ain't Got That Swing." Countering the Internet Archive's state mission of preserving music for the future generations. The lawsuit argues as per Reuters that the recordings are all available on authorized streaming services and face no danger of being lost, forgotten or destroyed. But you know what this is not the first time the internet archive is facing legal issues. In fact, it has also been sued by big time book publishers who alleged that the internet archive's book lending program launched in the pandemic violated their copyrights. And in March, a federal judge sided with the publishers that the Internet Archive lending books protected by copyright to internet users for free was indeed copyright infringement. Of course, at the center of all Internet Archive's troubles is the dilemma of copyright. That is, a creative work is owned by its creator or whoever the creator has given the rights over to. Tech journalist Noam Cohen put it very interestingly, and I'm quoting him. impose too many copyright based restrictions and you stifle the cultural and political conversation impose too few and you hinder the creation of the works that are the basis of that conversation end quote the same dilemma defines the internet archives legal troubles so on one hand it is undeniable that the internet archives has indeed democratized knowledge for so many of us who have access to the internet on the other though Many writers and creators have argued that the free and unauthorized distribution of their work eats into their income. Others also say that writers and creators instead of blaming free libraries 
should confront labels and publishers who actually gobble up the largest chunk of the revenue that comes from the sales. The Statesman's opinion editor, Christine Kelly, said that the federal court's decision is a victory for corporations and disaster for everyone else. She even compared the judge saying that the Internet Archives violated copyrights to Julius Caesar burning the Library of Alexandria 2000 years ago. And I'm quoting her here, If this decision isn't reversed, human beings will lose more knowledge than the Library of Alexandria ever contained. End quote. While the Internet Archive has plans to appeal the March judgment, only time will tell that in case of music labels versus the Internet Archive, which side the federal court will take. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at the rate the signal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written and researched by Anoop and Sneha, edited and produced by Dinesh Narayanan and me, Manaswini, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.